Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Ever, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. My name's Chris. And I'm Gary. And this week we have a New Year's Eve original versus remake special. This was my choice and I thought perfect for New Year's Eve, Terror Train. Yeah. But I had no idea. It had a fucking remake. <laughs> Did you? I mean, yeah, yeah. It came out this year. I I was like, well, what what films? It, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, and it was it was a case of you know I needed to choose a film for original versus remake, and we have obviously we have our festive films for Christmas. So I was like, oh, any horror films or cult films based around New Year's Eve, Terror Train. Oh, it hasn't got a sequel, apparently. It does. It doesn't have a sequel, but it does have a remake. Oh, fuck's sake. A remake. There you go. But the thing is, we were going to do this last year, and it says on IMDb that a film called Train is a remake, starring Fora Birch. Mm. Uh, and it says uh, it's a remake, yeah. but then we did a bit of research, and people are saying this is definitely not a remake of Terror Train. No. Um, but it still says it on this, but we're not going to do an original versus remake does free it still say because, it on IMDb? Yeah, I mean, oh. more people are saying it's not a remake than people are saying it is a remake. So, uh, it won't be an original versus remake free some, but it is an original versus remake with this film that came out this year. Mm. Let's start with the poll results. Uh, first on the podcast, I swear this is a first. If, if this has happened previously, please write it in and correct me. Um, 100% original. <laughs> Not a single person has voted for the remake. No. <laughs> I'm assuming a lot of people haven't seen the remake. No, no, I think a lot of people have seen the yeah. remake. It's been bashed. It has absolutely been bashed. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. First up, we have Terror Train 1980, also known as Monster on the Night Express Train in Germany. Oh. <laughs> Why is it called well. Monster on the Night? Where is the monster on this Night Express Train? Please tell me. Um, I have no idea. Well, well, I suppose the lizard. Um, no, no, it's it's, it's just a shitty title to get people to watch. It, well, it is a shitty title. Of course. Uh, Terror Train is a great title, though. Um, yes, let's just say that. Yes, directed by Roger Spottiswood, who directed Tomorrow Never Dies. So he's worked with both of the queens from wow. Everything Everywhere All At Once, Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow, jealous. The Sixth Day. Deadly Pursuit, A Street Cat Named Bob, The Journey Home, The Children of Hung Shi, Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. Did he direct he Stop did. or My Mum Will Shoot? With the, he's worked with Estelle yeah, Getty. He has. Yeah. Turner and Hooch. Right. And, uh, and more. It's written by T.Y. Drake, who wrote The Psychiatrist, The Keeper, MacGyver, Neon Rider, The Visionary, Border Town, The Adventures of Black Stallion, and then came Bronson. Uh, an uncredited, uh, written by Daniel Grodnick, who wrote Without Warning, Goldie and the Bears, Out of Control, North Star and Blue Demon. And uncredited Judith Rascal, who wrote Road Movie, Lifespan, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, Dog Soldiers 1978, Endless Love, Eat a Bowl of Tea, and more. So the idea for Terror Train came from a dream that Daniel Grodnick had. One weekend uh, after seeing the films Halloween and Silver Streak, Dan woke up and said to his wife, what do you think about putting Halloween on a train? His wife answered, that's terrible. So he jotted it down 
on a piece of paper, just the title Terror Train. And in the morning, he changed the title to... Uh, no, sorry. He dropped down the title Terrible Train. Oh. Then he changed it to Terror Train, wrote 22 pages of a script, and made a deal with Sandy Howard's company uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. And this is the start of the slasher boom. So I feel like anyone could have just done that at this time. Just like, oh, here's a slasher in this location. Here's a slasher in this location. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, it seems that they were, you know... Um, greenlit. greenlit. Yeah, immediately. Greenlit. What is a red lit? Greenlit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one because it's also around the time of Slamey Lee Curtis making a name. Because, obviously, Halloween launched her career, but then people wanted to typecast her in horror films, and it didn't really happen until 1980, like, two years after Halloween, um, when she was in The Fog Prom Night, Terror Train. Uh, I, not too long after this, I believe it was uh, Road Games as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, all within... And the, the year after Halloween <clears throat> Halloween 2. You know, within that short amount of time, she was casting all these films. I think the trilogy that everyone kind of associates is Prom Night, Terror Train, Road Games. Because those are the ones where she's very much... It's, it feels more like a slasher film. and Road, Road Games is a little bit of an anomaly, I hmm. thought, in that it didn't... It wasn't really a slasher film. It no. was it was kind of I, I feel marketed, like, as, uh, well. marketed yeah. as a slasher film with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um and I don't want to I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's very different to the slasher films that she did star in. Yeah, I'd say Road Games is probably my favourite out of the three. It was a very good film. Um, very good film. And then I'd say this is my second favourite, because I think this is massively underrated, uh, Terror Train. Um, I think it, it it's a slasher film. It's um, Slasher 101. Mm. But I think it has enough to separate it from the norm. Obviously, there's loads. There were loads of slasher films. Yeah, at the time, and Prom Night's great as well. You know, I love Prom Night, but this for me, this has a really good blend of camp and creepy. Like, uh, the idea of the different costumes as the killer's going on, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think the Grouch Mark Groucho Marx uh, mask is really creepy. Um, Poor Groucho Marx. Oh so yeah, just terrifying. What What is it with Jamie Lee Curtis being chased by uh, people wearing other people's faces? William Shatner, 1978, yeah. and now now Groucho Marx. Yeah. Yeah. Um, budget. <laughs> but yeah. But the, the bottom line of what I'm trying to say is Jamie Lee Curtis is an icon, and it's good that she's cast in these random camp horror films from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, $3.5 million budget, and the box office, it made $8 million. Oh, wow. Not a lot, considering no. the era it's released. In. No. And, and the name... Oh recognition really after yeah. halloween was the you know biggest independent film of all time yeah really should we talk about our first feature presentation yes 20th century fox invites you to join the boys and girls of sigma phi for their annual new year's eve party this year is a masquerade on wheels and the person behind you could be your best friend or the last person you see on earth Experience the most terrifying ride of your life on the Terror Train, rated R. Starts October 3rd at a selected theatre near you. So, Terror Train 1980, 
and the Northern Illinois University Fraternity's New Year's Eve party, a reluctant Alana Maxwell, Jamie Lee Curtis, is coerced in, into participating in a prank. She lures the shy and awkward pledge Kenny Hampson into a darkened room on the promise of a sexual liaison. However, some of her students have placed a woman's corpse stolen from the university medical school during the Christmas vacation. Wait, that's actually meant to be a corpse? That's a corpse. That's I a thought corpse. it was a fucking rubber doll. No, it's a corpse. I, thought they, I did think they would have done it really well. No, <laughs> no. So they placed the corpse into the bed instead. It's a so they told Alana it was going to be yeah. a dummy, but it's an actual real corpse. Yeah, that's makes it even better. But because this is a cheap Canadian slasher film... It, it looks like a dummy. It looks like a dummy. Uh, Kenny is traumatised by the prank and is sent to a psychiatric hospital. Do we want some trivia about Kenny? Derek McKinnon. Yeah, I would love to. I have actually. a surprising amount of trivia about Derek McKinnon. Nice. Ever heard of him? Uh, no. No, me neither. Um, we should have, though. It's Kenny in uh, Terror Train. Train yeah. right? There was friction between uh, him and the director oh. during the shoot, which the director claimed was a result of his inexperience. He said he wasn't an actor. He was a drag queen from the streets of Montreal. Okay, nice. And he wasn't familiar with the concepts of a contract and showing up for work on time. In a strange way, though, he did a pretty good job. He was familiar with that world of cheap theatre and was strangely effective. Is that a read? That's a read. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of a read. Calling him a cheap bitch. No need for that. No. Um, another bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Derek McKinnon said during a 2010 interview that the writer originally wanted him to kiss actor Ben Johnson during a scene later in the film whilst disguised as David Copperfield's female assistant. But McKinnon refused to do it. He said, and I was really upset. I mean, I'm dealing with a nominated, like, you know, an Academy Award winning star. At that point, I'd never met Ben. Okay. And I was just, oh, totally freaked. And it was the 1980s. You don't kiss another man. Definitely not Ben Johnson. <laughs> don't see Ben Johnson being up for that. But Johnson found out about it and called him into his trailer. He said he was fine with filming the kiss and demanded to know why McKinnon wasn't. What? After they talked it through and had a nice little snog, McKinnon agreed to do it. They filmed the scene, it exists, but after all that, they ended up not doing it. Not using it. So it was, it's crazy. out there. It exists. Ben Johnson was really up for it. Ben Johnson famously... Turned out he he won the Oscar in seventy three for um, the Last Picture Show, uh, Bogdanovich film, and um, he famously turned that role down because yeah. he didn't agree with the profanity and the sexual nature mm -hmm. of that film, and he he redid his lines so there was no profanity so he didn't swear. Yeah, so I'm surprised. Because he he was kind of known in, like, John Ford films as a manly man, Western John Wayne type, you know. Um, oh, well, good on you, yeah. Ben Johnson. Like, Kiss me, you fool. Yeah. <clears throat> Finally, Derek McKinnon later became embroiled with an actual murderer. Oh, no. He was a neighbour and acquaintance of Luca Magnotta, a one-time porn actor who was convicted of the 2012 slaying of a Chinese college student uh, whose remains he dismembered and mailed to several local schools. Yeah. In a bizarre series of events, I swear to you, this is what I have right in front of me on my notes, from a, a source that is very reliable. In an interview from after Magnata's arrest, McKinnon speculated 
that he may have watched Terror Train and was inspired by his character. Oh, good. I don't think so. <laughs> wow. What a guy. Way to make it about yourself. What a guy. Someone actually died. It's so disrespectful, Derek yeah. McKinnon. He must have watched my film. He must have watched Terror Train. <laughs> I don't think. That's the... Uh, that's quite a famous murder, isn't it? The, it um, is. The Don't Mess With Cats. Yeah. 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 Crazy. He lived next door to him. Yeah. And he was inspired by Terror Train. Stop. That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, the whole um, him saying don't kiss a man in the 80s thing, I mean, that's very talent, isn't it? That that was his attitude. This is someone who actually did drag, you know, in Montreal, and he was scared to kiss a man on screen. Yeah, there, well, that, that's, the, I mean, it's a difficult one, because obviously, uh, spoiler alert, you know, obviously, you know, we always uh, give out the endings to films. The big reveal is that he has been in drag this whole yeah. time, and he's the killer. Um, but kissing a man step too far. Yeah, it's a strange, strange one. Yeah, it's a strange one, but a sign of the times, really. Yeah. And I don't. It probably would have. You, you know, probably, he's probably absolutely right. It may, probably would have affected know, his career. It may have affected Ben Johnson's career. Oh, as absolutely. Well, yeah. You know, and that that ultimately he you know is probably aware of that mm. too. And Ben Johnson, you know, saying he didn't mind. Well, that that's nice. Thanks for being an ally, Ben Johnson, who I assume, who I think was, you know, straight. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for being an ally. But that really could have destroyed Ben Johnson's yeah. career. You know, I know it's a strange thing to say now, mm -hmm. but, you know, 42 years later. But... It's true. I know you say it that. It could be a career killer. We're currently in the same year as when people lost their minds because Harry Styles randomly kissed the man at a fucking premiere. So, yeah. Maybe we're not too far removed. Well, yeah. I suppose human nature never changes, does it? No. Um, so, seemingly all the members of the frat can't take their beanies off until they get laid. So we know what we're dealing with here, yeah, this yeah. kind of frat. One thing, and I blame cinema fully, because I've never been to America, and I've never known anyone who's been part of a fraternity. And that wasn't really, you know, the kind of uh, thing I've looked into too much. No. But from films, fraternities and sororities sound like the worst thing yeah. in the world. <clears throat> awful uh-huh really and we watched dazed and confused for the first time didn't we the, we other, did. the other day yeah. and we were so shocked by how much of the plot involved spanking uh-huh with paddles and it, it is it paddles in this it is paddles in this terror train yeah, yeah. and in, in is it in the remake too? no it's yeah, this the one, remake uh, hang on no i think it's i think it's the original there's references to like paddling people in this too yeah, I'm sure it's in the original in the remake as well. It was like, oh, well, I'll be cancelled if you uh, went through something like that. Oh, uh, like the whole paddling thing. Uh, yeah, has been cancelled. Yeah. yeah, but it does. I mean, every yeah, yeah, film... yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in the original, and they said they can't get away with it now. In yeah. The remake. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but every film I've ever watched that features a fraternity or sorority, number one, almost everyone involved is a dickhead. Yeah. And number two, they're murdered by the end. Yeah. But <laughs> is that how it is in real life? It's crazy. 
Without being murdered at the end, yeah, probably. It sounds... I mean, the, the whole idea of it is very elitist anyway. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's always it's, white It's people. something that's never sort of happened... It, it doesn't happen here at universities in the UK. It's always rich white kids. That's, yeah, that's yeah. That's, you know... And I, I, I assume... I, I assume fraternities and sororities are still a thing to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just something that... Every, every time, every time yeah. one is in a film... You know, there's dickheads involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Alana is referred to as the best bait we have around here. <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> Must have been very nice for Jamie Lee Curtis. What, <laughs> what a compliment. Um, Kenny, when he sees the dead body, he starts doing some sort of twirl. He does. Which I... And, and then it turns into slow-mo, because obviously it turns into slow-mo. And he gets like... Tangled up in the canopy yeah. of the four-post bed, which I assume is kind of meant to be the um, horrifying, sad moment, the plug it up yeah. moment. Um, but it's not. It's it, it. It's kind of comes across a bit funny. Yeah. Is that is that just me? Or no, no, it did. It's it did. camp. It it is camp. Uh, three years later, the members of the same fraternities and sororities hold a New Year's Eve costume party aboard a train. Members of the uh, fraternity and sorority, the ones worth mentioning, because they're the ones who are going to get killed, are Class Clown Ed, who is disguised as Groucho Marx, Prank Ringleader Doc Manley, who is disguised as a monk. Oh, he's going to be around a little longer. He's got a surname. Yes. Jackson, who is uh, disguised as an alien lizard. <laughs> It's just a lizard. Mitchie, <laughs> who's Doc's girlfriend and Alana's best friend. She's disguised as a witch. <laughs> barely. Barely. And Alana's boyfriend, Mo, is disguised as a bird. Barely. barely. Also along are Carney, the train conductor, and a magician hired to entertain the crowd. Played by <laughs> world-renowned, like, like... It's crazy to see him <laughs> in a random Canadian slasher film. The only film he's ever been in, by the way. Yeah. David Copperfield. Yeah, I, I have... Like, some... the most famous magician of all time, really. Yeah. I, like, I, at least of the last 50 years. I have some David Copperfield trivia. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear some David Copperfield trivia. He wants... Does it also include Bonnie Tyler? No, it doesn't, oh. unfortunately. He once said in this movie that he, that he uh, recalls appearing in... Film is a magnifying glass for magic, so I had to be very careful. What you see on screen is exactly what the extras saw during shooting. <laughs> Excuse me. Everything we saw is what the extras saw. Excuse me. What? Extras. Extra- oh my god, he referred oh, extras. <laughs> he referred to Jamie Lee Curtis as an extra. He referred to the entire rest of the cast as, as extras. extras. <laughs> I mean, she is in every... I mean, he does the magic for her on many occasions throughout the film. Directly for her. And he referred to her as an extra. (laughs) He also got very irritated during production because he had so much trouble saying his lines that he swore he'd never make another movie. And this was it. This was his only film that he started in that wasn't him playing himself. Do you know what his best magic trick is in this film? Turning himself to wood. Because <laughs> high camp. Performing. Oh, it's wooden though, Hearn. It's wooden. Camp wood. It's Pinocchio. 
It's camp word. Yeah. Camp word. He radiates camp, like, throughout. It is, it is camp. It is camp. But yeah. Any more interesting No, David no, that's, that's all I've got. Do you have any of him with Bonnie Tyler? Uh, yeah. Do you not remember? I've never shown you the video, have I? No. When she's singing, holding out for a hero as he, like, levitates across <laughs> the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh high camp. High camp. Um, yeah, so these douchebags, the the banter is top notch, isn't it? It is. Uh, one of them says, let's play charades. My first word is orgy. Right. <laughs> um, Ed is by far the most obnoxious. Of course. Taking the Groucho Marx act a little too far. Luckily for us, though, Ed is murdered prior to boarding, <laughs> and the killer dresses himself in Groucho Marx's mask, allowing him to board the train unnoticed. Ed's corpse is then crushed by the train when it takes yes. off. Uh, Ed is stabbed in the stomach, and yeah. uh, his peers believe it's just a classic bit of Ed banter. Yeah. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. Unfortunately, as the train journeys into the wilderness, the killer wanders amongst the students who believe him to be Ed. Alana and Mitchie tell each other how much they're going to miss each other and how they're best friends. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. Not we're not quite getting Halloween levels of no. development here. Um, but they're best friends because they've told us they're best yeah. friends. Never dance in a bit, you know. Never they have a little bit of a dance. Um Mitchie hides Moe's infidelity though, mm. which is a little shitty. But spoiler alert, Mitchie doesn't make it to the end anyway. The partying begins and David Copperfield tells his assistant how much he hates teen parties to provide us with a nice red herring. Yes. Ed's girlfriend Pet, yes, Pet, is wearing a large <laughs> pair is wearing a large pair of trousers just covering her breasts as a costume <laughs> with a hand in between her <laughs> cleavage. Um what what is what costume's that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just love that her name's Pet. <laughs> Pet. I mean, see what it's short for like Patricia or something. I, I don't know. Um, Doc Manley and Alana lock horns after Doc recites the Kenny story as a funny little anecdote. Alana's guilt will make her a perfect final girl, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. In the sleeper bathroom, the murderer murders Jackson, we barely knew thee, by smashing his head into a mirror. <coughs> yeah. Which is a bit, it's a bit of a cop out. It is. Because he's wearing the lizard mask. Mm-hmm. So it's just oh, okay. I've, I've, yeah, the, the kills. It, it, I've seen like wrestling that looks like more real than that. The, yeah, you know? the kills are very lackluster in this. They as, are as much as I think is underrated. The, the kills could definitely be better. The dialogue, on the other hand, shortly after this by Pet, um, after the magic show, is 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 better than all the kills. And she says that magician was just fantastic. You should have seen him. Puff. And the woman was gone. <laughs> to which uh, one of the guys says, you think he could make one come? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Alana storms off after Doc pisses her off again. And Mo tells Doc he'll get him back. Because we need another red yes. herring. David Copperfield shows extra Lee... <laughs> extra. All the extras. <laughs> the extra Jamie Lee Curtis a trick. And gets her some free peanuts. 
And uh, I feel that belongs in the camp film history. Yeah, I think so. You know, just Jamie Lee Curtis and David Copperfield. The peasant Jamie Lee Curtis. Him getting her some free peanuts. I mean, that, that's high camp. It is high camp. Um, yeah, David Copperfield, as Gary says, he performs on stage and makes his assistant levitate. Yeah. Uh, as Doc and Mo talk things over, it's revealed neither of them booked a magician. Mm-hmm. That's suspicious. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Mo and Doc flirt with and wander off with Pet and Jackson's girlfriend, Mary. The two girls pissed off. They've been stood up by their respective bows. Yeah. Um, their chat line. Oh, I just, I just need to add that these are all medical students. Have I said that? They're all medical, They're all medical students. students. They're all medical students. And... I remember from university that the medical students, they worked very hard mm-hmm. and they had to, and they had long hours and, but when they went out, they really went for it. Mm-hmm. It was a scary time when the med- medic students were out. <laughs> they really went for it. Um, but Mo and Doc, their child blindness. <laughs> These girls look faint. Maybe they need an injection. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Carney finds Jackson's bloody body in the bathroom, still donning the lizard costume. When he returns to the scene with Brakeman Charlie, though, the killer has hidden Jackson's body and is now posing in the lizard costume. As he appears conscious, Charlie assures Carney that the partygoer is merely drunk. Mitchie goes with the killer, whom she believes to be Jackson, to a compartment where she attempts to seduce him. Dirty. As she closes her eyes, he caresses her with Jackson's severed hand <laughs> before he slashes her throat. Uh, one of my favourite lines from Mitchie this scene. Well, you know what they say, cold hands, warm heart. <laughs> <laughs> As the guy's dead hand is around her throat. Uh, Alana and David Copperfield have a flirt as he gives her a floating rose. Uh, that's Alana being one of the extras. Yeah, you Jamie know, Jamie Lee Curse. Um, I, I, put, I did put here in my notes. David Copperfield is an all-time great magician and a lousy actor. <laughs> Truth. Doc sends Alana to Mo under the pretense he wants to apologise, but Mo is dancing with Pet, whose trousers keep falling down. <laughs> and if you remember what I said earlier, her trousers falling down means she's got nothing on at all. Of course. <laughs> uh, Carney finds Mitchie's corpse in the compartment. Alana stumbles upon the scene and Carney informs her that Mitchie is dead. During a magic show, another magic show, like this guy, he's... How much has been paid? He's doing hours of work. Uh, during a magic show held by the magician and his female assistant, Doc finds Mo dead. Though the partying onlookers assume the scene to be a prank. The best part is, they probably didn't actually ask David Copperfield to do this many scenes. He probably insisted, yeah. no, I have to carry on. I have more tricks for you. In fairness, I'm, and I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to get it out here, because obviously it's a topic of conversation, is that without these magic scenes, these bits in between would be quite dull. Yeah. Because it is just kind of a very by-the-book slasher film. Yeah. So these magic scenes... They're cheesy, they're camp, but they actually add a little flair yeah. to the whole, to the film as a whole, and it pads it out a bit because there's there's not much going on overall, mm-hmm. really. 
So it, it kind of pads out because it's it's what an hour and a half. It, it's, yeah. does, it's not two hours or anything. So it, it kind of gets it to a feature length running time. I loved uh, Doc's acting in, in the scene where Mo gets killed. No, I'm a doctor, goddammit. Mo, <laughs> Mo, oh God, no, Mo, no, no. <laughs> it's a fact. Hilarious. The fact that he said, I'm a doctor, goddammit. <laughs> And then proceeded to do nothing at all <laughs> apart from say, come on, buddy. And then shake him a little bit. Like the guy's been stabbed and you're just saying, come on, buddy, shaking him and say, I'm a doctor, God damn it. Like, why aren't you doctoring, bitch? <laughs> uh, Carney and Charlie stop the train and find a bloody hat. It belongs to Shovels, a worker. <laughs> I don't think Rest in peace, Shovels. Shovels. Carney realises that Shovels and another crew member are dead. Poor Shovels. Poor Shovels. Carney and Charlie then sequester the students in one car. While doing so, two Pullman porters find the corpse of Pets. Poor Pets. We barely knew thee. Suspecting Kenny may... We can say that for a lot of the deaths in yeah. this film. Suspecting Kenny may be involved, Alana recalls the prank to Doc and recounts her attempt to visit Kenny at the psychiatric hospital where she learned that Kenny may have been involved in a murder-slash-accident before the prank. Doc subsequently, subsequently seals himself inside a room in the sleep car, where the killer is hiding and Doc is decapitated. Yeah, I think it, it's convenient that Kenny was part of some murder accident. Yeah. To kind of explain... Because it's, it's an iffy one, because, I mean... Because of the opening sequence and the reasoning for the killings, it, you could kind of take the side of Kenny. Yeah. I mean, it's a little over the top, but you could kind of be like, well, you did ruin his life. Uh -huh. You know, it's kind of justified in a way. So it, it, it kind of, this the idea that he may have already been a murderer before... The, the thing, the prank happened. It's a little cheap and it's not really mentioned afterwards, actually. It's no. kind of forgotten straight away. But I thought it was a little bit of maybe poor writing. Uh, Doc reveals to Alana that Kenny was a keen magician before he, before Doc gets killed. Very interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. Mm. Uh, shortly after, Alana and Carney find Doc's body. Believing the magician may be Kenny in disguise, Alana notifies Carney, who goes to lock him inside the parlor car. There he finds the magician's female assistant. But Carney and the and I'm assuming he's gonna kiss her. But Carney and the porters are unable to find the magician himself. Alana is sequestered in a locked compartment for her safety, which the masked killer ill infiltrates, killing the chief porter with one of the magician's prop swords before arming himself. With an axe. Uh, I thought this was quite a creepy visual. It was, yeah. Of uh, And Jamie Lee Curtis, a fantastic actress. Best scream, uh -huh. really, you know, since her mother, Janet Lee. Yeah. You know, really, she's a fantastic scream queen. She can convey terror. You know, she, she really elevates these kind mm -hmm. of roles. Um, and the her kind of oh, really locked in a cage. Stuck. With the killer outside. The killer looks really creepy. Uh -huh. well, what's the mask at this point? Is it clown mask? No, I think it's um, Groucho. Mask it's still again. Groucho. Yeah. It's, oh, well, it's Groucho again. Yeah. 
It, yeah, I mean, during uh, this this sequence, when she's being attacked by a stuntman standing in for Derek McKinnon, she slams the cage door against the stuntman's face, and the production crew was supposed to replace the door with a collapsible one, oh. uh, but they forgot to, so a metal spoke punctured the man's face, injuring him. Oh, no. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was so upset that she left the set and wouldn't come back for two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, that probably explains the good acting, then. <laughs> um, after this, Solana is pursued through the train, while in between train cars, she manages to push the killer overboard, unaware that he has managed to hold on below. Yeah, so she goes for a little sit down. She does. She, and outside the window, see the, <laughs> the Groucho Marx mask in the background, like climbing up the train. It's a bit camp. This is camp. Uh, later, after finding the magician's dead body in his sword box, Alana of sword box. Excuse me. Wow. Alana runs through the train car and finds Charlie in the back. Sword box. Sword box. What's wrong with sword box? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, she finds Charlie in the baggage car, seated with his head rested in his hands. She tells him the magician is dead and lays her head on the table when he grabs her by the wrists. Alana realises it is Kenny who is indeed the killer, dressed in Charlie's uniform. Kenny removes the uniform cap to reveal a blonde wig. Yes, Queen. And then reveals his real hair underneath the blonde wig. Yeah. Come on, double... Uh, double reveal. And Alana realises he has been posing in drag as the magician's female assistant. There's I've put here, yes, queen. Yeah. Is this iffy representation? That's what the internet's been asking. Um, I've seen there's a few things online questioning whether this is transphobic or not. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if anything, I, I don't think it's entirely negative. Cause I know he's murdering people and it's very morally ambiguous, but he's kind of getting people back for what they did. These, these aren't likable characters, you know. They did ruin his life, like you said, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of morally ambiguous films out there where we very much root for the killer, and I, I feel like this is definitely one of them. So, on that side of things, I don't know. I mean, the fact that Derek McKinnon was a drag queen as well in real life, I feel like... Kind of takes some of the heat off it a little bit. But the problem is, it's 1980. And did the writers have anything positive in mind when writing this is the question. That's where it could come across as a little transphobic. Because it's kind of... It's very much the case of this was done just because. Just just as a twist. Just as shock value. Without putting any sort of thought into it. Any sort of layers into it as to why he's perhaps in drag. Um... It's just, oh, look, this is shocking. He was dressed as a woman. Yeah, it's And now of... it's camp. Now it's camp. Yes. But back then, you know, I felt like they were taking it very seriously. But it, it, I suppose it, the question is of intent. Yeah. Really. And because it's not really talked about. Yeah. It's just, this is, the twist is, he's been dressed as a woman the whole time. Mm -hmm. But there's no insinuation that he is a homosexual. I exactly. mean, he's... A drag queen in real life. Yeah. But, you know, it's acting. This is, yeah, this is yeah. the, the plot. There's no insinu insinuation that he's a homosexual. Mm -hmm. 
because the kiss with Ben Johnson was cut. Yeah. Um, there's no insinuation that he is a, a transvestite or is transgendered. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of indication of, you know, his dressing as a woman being because mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, mentally ill, you know, due to what happened to him. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like... Just it, there. A means to an end. Yeah. You know, and he just so happened to be a dab hand with a makeup brush. Yeah. And be able to pass as a female um, magician's assistant. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it, I mean, it, it's high cam. It, it it's And it really, it's very different to a lot of the other sort of slasher reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, the remake doesn't do this. No. No. And I know, and I understand why it didn't do this. Yeah. Because it could be conceived, as as with this film, in a negative way. Yeah. But, I don't know. I suppose it depends on your interpretation. It, it's a product of its time. We can look back now, 42 years, and see it for, you know, a sort of camp twist. Mm-hmm. and Which makes the film more memorable. Yeah. Yeah, I you think know. so. But I mean, I, I totally get though why people would be pissed. No, abso- absolutely, absolutely, because it is kind of well, you know, if you are, if the Ben Johnson kiss had stayed, yeah, then it would have, I think, played into Kenny being homosexual, yeah, and I think that would be, you know, iffy. Mm-hmm. That that would be, you know, why do, you know, gay characters always have to be the villains? Yeah. You know, but because they leave so much open, it's open to interpretation. Um, and I don't, I, that's not by design. I think it's just because they couldn't be asked yeah. to explain to, like, do we have to? No. Okay. Then we won't. Uh, Alana apologizes to Kenny about the prank, but he refuses to accept her apology and forces her to kiss him. However, the kiss causes Kenny to relive his memories from the prank and suffer a mental breakdown unwittingly leaving himself vulnerable to an arriving carney who beats Kenny with a shovel, causing him to fall out of the open door of the baggage car to his death. That was for uh, for shovel train employees. That shovel. was for shovel. Shoveler. 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 His body lands in a nearly frozen river and floats away as the train roars off. The end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It's a little annoying that Alana didn't really save herself at the end. But, mm-hmm. you know, Carney was a good character. He was a nice guy. Um, yeah. Kenny, yeah. Gay icon, you gets know. Dropped into a fro- yeah, gets dropped into a frozen river. There's a lot of, like, obviously trains nowadays, and all I've ever known is trains where the doors are automatic. Uh-huh. So it's... Hard to think of trains where you could just fall out of any door at any time. <laughs> you could just yeah. be pushed off a train. I can't imagine ever being it pushed off a train strange. now because it's all automatic. Yeah. You know, you don't. I don't think anyone could push. Me well, off I a hear train. that you know 
people who work on trains, they watch this film, and that was actually the reason why they invented the automatic train doors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Derek McKinnon gave him a copy, and uh, yeah. So, it, to sum it all up, it's, it's Slasher Film 101. It is. And let's be, uh, let's be honest. There are many things in the film that really stick out. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. her presence. It being set on a train. Yeah. The twist at the end. Uh-huh. David Copperfield. David Copperfield. That makes it memorable. Yeah. That makes it stand out. I think so. For me, personally, the rest mm-hmm. is a little dull. It's, yeah. it's very standard slasher. The kills are really unexciting. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking. It's, you know, the characters. We've seen them all before. Um, but it is a memorable film. It's a fun film. It's yeah. an enjoyable time. Particularly for Jamie Lee Curtis, who I think gives a great performance. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all know that slasher is my favourite subgenre within horror. Mm. So, I mean, for me, it's just great. It's, it just gives everything you need. It doesn't give anything more. You know, it's not a masterpiece by any means. But, you know, it does everything it needs to do. And that's that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, did, it didn't have to do more. It didn't have to be another Halloween. No. I mean, if it was, fabulous. You know, five stars. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to watch you every New Year's Eve. You know, it didn't have to be that. It just had to be a fun time. Yeah. And, you know, and, but I think there are certain elements that make it stand out. Yeah. Much like... <laughs> Much like Terror Train 2022. Right. Directed by Philippe Gagnon, who made Terror Train 2. <laughs> oh, okay. Feature film debut. The Secret Source, uh, the lead. Oh, not up by not Christmas. Film debut. Mean Queen, the radio talk show Killer, Girls Night Out, Amber Alert, Her Evil Twin, and more. So, no. Not. Her Evil Twin. Uh, her Evil Twin. Not a. Uh, feature left debut the sabrina spellman yes story her evil twin written by ian carpenter writer of terror train 2 slasher being erica sometimes a good kill frankie drake mysteries brace for impact and more being erica jane being erica jane uh co-written by aaron martin writer of terror train 2 paradise falls silent innocence jane silent bob do degrassi what? Another Life, Saving Hope, and more. May I remind you, these three men have made Terror Train 2. Yes. They were so sure of themselves and this film that they made a sequel and also released it. This, I, I, Well, I can't find it anywhere, but apparently it, it says on IDB 2022. They were they, they thought this was going to be a massive hit. This is an X and Pearl situation. It was really sure of themselves. But whereas X and Pearl is an example of it going right, I, let's just say Terror Train is is fun, but it's not good. <laughs> it's yeah, it's nothing of the sort. Budget unknown, and it's straight to Tubi. Yeah, what is Tubi? It's one of the many fucking million streaming platforms out there. Um, a platform that gave these people money to make two films. Yeah. Let's get to our second feature presentation. I just wanted to welcome you all to my first big party as frat president. Let's make sure we play our parts accordingly. Okay, everyone, it's time to get this party started. Oh my God. 
it's just a big prank. Are we having fun yet? They were waiting. We start with a bunch of obnoxious university students discovering, uh, discovering, discussing playing a prank on a certain nerdy kid with a with a rubber doll. Oh god! What could go wrong? Said hideous nerd Kenny um, is actually just as handsome as the other students. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's usually a little jarring when. You know, you, you get someone in an older slasher film that's meant to be like, oh, God, they're hideous. But they're actually like, they've got a six pack and stuff. But this guy literally looks like all the other ones. There's, yeah. There's nothing. Just with, I mean. Just, he's wearing a hoodie. His haircut's a little weird. He's wearing a hoodie. But... That's what. <laughs> yeah. Um, Question. The rubber doll in this, was that also a corpse? Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake. This looks even worse than the original one. This, like, this I, is the idea. I thought the rubber doll that was being taken around for the rest of the film was the same one from the beginning. That's how bad it looked. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. No. Wow, this is awful. Uh, he walks... No, it was. No, so... But then so that was the original Doc one. Doc throws yeah, yeah, yeah. it away, yeah. and then it's a corpse in the bed. Yeah, but even the corpse looks so fake. Yeah. And even looked, more so. Yeah. And looked nothing like Alana. No. Like, at all. No, no, no. This, this white... <laughs> yes. This white corpse. Um, Alana is, is not a, a white lady. Um, no. But, you know. He walks into the bedroom, strips to his t-shirt and underwear, whilst Alana tells him to kiss her. So, in this brightly lit room, he starts kissing the corpse. Who is an old white woman. Let, let me remind you. In this brightly lit room. Brightly lit. no way yeah. he could have missed it. It's not pitch black. <laughs> He starts kissing his corpse whilst the phone records him uh, and he realises what he's done and he's taken away in an ambulance in shock. Well, he does the... He does the 12 twir- thing, not as long the as, as the original because they have a limit on everything that can be done in this film. Oh, <laughs> Doc tells Alana that if she tells the cops what happened, he'll tell them it was her idea and that she got off on it and it'll be in the press and everything. Oh, hang on a minute. Would it be in the press? Would it be in the press? Is this Gossip Girl? This, uh, by the way, this film has the exact same tone as Gossip Girl. Does, it, it has yeah. the exact same tone. Yeah. Sometime later, does it actually say how many? Is I assume it's three years later. Three like the original. years. Yeah, three years. They're all going on a train journey for Halloween. Yes, because this one wants to change things up ever so slightly, and it's set on Halloween, not New Year's Eve. Saving that for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's an easier way to do a costume party, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and we're introduced to Ed, the, the prankster, in his clown costume. Not Groucho Marx, because no one would get that in 2022. Um, he's holding the, the original rubber doll. <laughs> That's so true. He's, no one would get it. He's holding the original rubber doll um, from the start of the film. <laughs> Wait to insult your audience's intelligence. But it's true, though. Because everything else everything in the, the fucking same. film is the same. They all have the names that people had in the 80s. They all have, they the, have names. the other shitty costumes. The lizard man, the pirate, the costumes everything. All are like they're from Love Your Babes, and anyone in the UK will get what that is. Um, anyone from the north of the UK. Anyone from the north of the UK. <laughs> There's no Love Your Babes in It's London. a fancy dress shop. Um, but. 
it looks like it's from there. Like all the costumes are so fucking tacky. The costume, yeah. I I did say this to Gary um, whilst we were watching it. It's twenty twenty two, the year of the TikTok, Instagram, what influencer, whatever. Halloween costumes, they ain't gonna be as basic as this. Now, no, I understand. Hey, someone should have done Groucho Marx. It would have been a lot more elaborate than the other ones. Well, because all of them were shit. Yeah, I mean, as well as they people... were shit in the original, <laughs> but the original, like, that's what costumes were like yeah. then. They were a little hokey. But these days, these are rich college kids doing a, a you know, Halloween train journey. You know, 75% of them are probably influencers. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't be wearing the costumes no. that they're wearing. No. <laughs> They'd be wearing, like, elaborate Ariana Grande <laughs> costumes. Alana's dressed like a pirate, and it just... It, you would never know. No. If, if, if she didn't say that she was a pirate, you'd you never know. Um, but yeah, they're all going on this train journey, and the dialogue's changed a little bit since the original. So, whereas in the original, you know, we heard, oh, let's play charades, first word, orgy. In this one, Ed says, oh, honey... The night is young, I'm dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> yes. He's, he still has a mannequin with him, though, doesn't he? Two older men <laughs> sat down in a room yeah. and wrote this. So he's got the mannequin with him, like yes, the original. Yeah. It's a Princess Diana bondage mannequin. It is. That he calls his girlfriend. And uh, they say, oh, what's her name? Simone. Yeah. He says, you know why I call her Simone? Because when I see her, I moan. Yes. That's nice. Thank you, Ed. We're giving a speech about the rules for the group of kids while someone in a bunny costume watches Alana. <gasps> the magician introduced himself in this one. He's not David uh, Copperfield this time around. No, he was in the first two seasons of Shit's Creek. Yes. Uh, making him the most famous person in the film. Yeah. He shows up and... Uh, <laughs> Introduced himself to Alana before making himself disappear. <laughs> he literally makes himself disappear. It's the fact that the, the conversation they're having is the fact that Alana isn't working on the train. Yeah. And so won't put his bags, his suitcases on board. And then he just makes himself disappear and she's just stood there. I'll make myself disappear. But his suitcases <laughs> and bags are like still there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, the, the idea is uh, and it's true that the magician is a very handsome man yeah and all the ladies want a bit of the magician uh-huh and the magician could or could not be wanting to also reciprocate those yeah. affections with the college students i do believe he forgive me if if this is an insult to the actor but he, I'm assuming he's over the age of 40. Yes, he does look it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether he is or not, I'm not sure. But he does look it, that, that's for certain. Um, but this conversation is quite appropriate, actually, because not a single conversation in this film lasts any longer than probably like two minutes maximum. <laughs> it is so weird. Conversations just happen so quickly. They get to what they've got to say, and that is it. It's done. Stop. I mean, he literally makes himself fucking disappear to get out of this conversation. <laughs> true. It's true. It's like, oh shit, we've only it got is two ridiculous. minutes. It's like an Oscar speech. Like, they're going to start playing the music if their conversations yeah. are too long. 
Sadie, uh, who's part of the train staff, tries getting all the kids onto the train by walking up to them and saying, All aboard! <laughs> so all aboard, everyone! All aboard! Doc mansplains getting people on a train to Sadie uh, and tells her to dominate these bitches. Sadie then tells them to get the party started and have fun. And it works. They listen to that. All aboard doesn't resonate. No. But get the party started. Have fun. They're getting on that train. Doc starts flirting with Sadie and Alana tells him not to treat her like a piece of meat. She's a human being. It's true. Uh, it's then revealed through exposition that he humiliated her in the past while scary music plays. Yeah, I don't know why the creepy music plays. Yeah, but it means she... I don't know what she... I assumed immediately she was talking about what he did to her, to Alana. But it sounded like she was talking about what he did to Sadie. And where do you know her from? That you uh, humiliated her enough in the past. But isn't telling... Oh, in the past. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what she says. You humiliated her enough in the past. Where does he know her from? That doesn't make She works sense. on the train. Maybe you misheard. I swear this is what I heard. And it never comes back. Never comes back. No, that doesn't make any sense. But the scary music starts playing, so we know he's a red herring. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ed is killed with a CGI sword. Oh, God, yeah. Through his stomach. And uh, tries asking for help from his friends. And part of an ongoing theme here in this film, whilst he is literally bleeding to death, the people are like, ah, what a fucking prankster. Oh, my God. Oh, you classic Ed. Oh, oh what a joker. Oh, my God. No, he's literally dying. Like, there's no way he could fake that. <laughs> he's bleeding to death in front of you. The killer dresses in Ed's costume and starts... It would look better if he did fake. <laughs> yeah. The killer dresses in Ed's costume, clown costume, and starts stalking Alana. Uh, Ed's corpse is left under the train, but sadly we don't get to see it crushed in this No. Film. No. Um, I'm assuming the clown costume... Instead of Groucho Marx, thinking about it, it's probably because it's 2022 and a clown costume would go down better on TikTok. Would go down better on TikTok slash on the the cover, yeah, the, the poster, yeah. It's just a shame that it's a fucking generic, shitty looking clown costume. Yeah, we are in the That's age awful. of the clown. Still, you know, I think still... It's just easy, isn't it? It's, it's easy. The clown's the easy yeah. one. The magician flirts with uh, Alana for a bit at Ooh. the bar and informs her that if he tells her how he did his disappearing trick, he'll have to kill her. Again, conversation lasts for about 30 seconds. <laughs> we get our red heron and that's it. Jackson continues walking around being obnoxious in his lizard costume. Uh, Alana finds Mo on the floor with his throat slashed and Duck walks out of the room... Filming her reaction as a prank. Yeah. 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 And then he says to her, in my favourite, some of my favourite dialogue of all time, enjoy your cock. Tails. Hey. <laughs> Woo. The, uh, they're not ducktails. <laughs> Sound like you did the ducktails theme song. What ducktails theme song? Ducktails. I'm too young to know. Yeah, sure, John. The killer confronts Mitchie uh, while she's trying to light her cigarette and grabs her hand, but Jackson shows up. She's not lighting a cigarette. She's trying to. She's lighting a doobie. Oh, she got a joint. Oh, Ooh. okay. Well, they couldn't afford to make it look like a, uh, a joint. Um, Jackson shows up, and I shit you not, he farts. He does fart. He does fart. 
This film has a fart joke. But doesn't address the fart. No. Really? He farts. He takes, he takes the lizard uh, mask off and then kind of lets out a fart and then just kind of like... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um... Mitchie leaves and uh, the killer and that costume. That I'm sorry, I just need to go back to this fart because that costume is like a tight, you know, like yeah, almost like PVC kind of. Uh huh. It must be really sweaty uh-huh. in it, and then to add a fart to the mix as well. Oh yeah, it probably stinks. Oof. Um, it goes to the bathroom with the killer. And uh, says, oh, want to suck face now, dude? If we did that, would it make us gay? Or would it be hardcore into bestiality? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two men sat down in a room. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what they wrote. That's what they wrote. <laughs> the killer thankfully murders Jackson by repeatedly slamming his head into the bathroom mirror. Goes a little longer than the original. Yes. The magician puts on a magic show for everyone and uses Alana as a volunteer. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, the original had David Copperfield. This has a lot to live up to. He's going to do some really elaborate magic tricks that all the extras are going to be so shocked by. Um, he says to her, you're not you're not afraid of blood, are you? And she's like, nope, pre-med, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he puts a knife in his arm, says, that's how I keep my blood icy cold. Thank you, everyone. That's it. Yeah, yeah, he just kind <laughs> That's of stabs it. his arm. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. I don't know why he needed her as a volunteer. She no. doesn't do anything at all. I suppose just to tell everyone that the, the sword... He, he could have just went out to the audience and, and, you know, got anyone to do that. Yeah. Sadie and Carney. Uh, Carney is uh, a woman in this. Carney is a woman in this. Carney is an icon in this. Carney is... Um, not played by an Oscar winner. No. Uh, Carney is played by someone who I took a long time to figure out where I knew her from. And she was a special guest judge on Canada's Drag Race season one. Yeah. What is her name? Mary or Mary something. I have it later on in the characters section. Mary Walsh, Mary Walsh. is her name. Sadie and uh, Carney, they're having a stroll through the train whilst they they find the locked bathroom with Jackson's corpse. And Carney's like, ah, it's probably someone doing drugs. We're not paid enough to investigate this. And they move on. No, she's not Paul Lynn before you ask. I'm sorry, she's... That's what she sounds like. Excuse me. That's what she sounds like. That's a Paul Lynn impression. The Prez... uh, The Prez, yes, that's this character's name. Not Prez Hilton. No. Prez, uh, P-R-E-Z. Is the next volunteer for the magic show. He puts his head in a fake guillotine. Uh, the blades push down. And that's it. Ooh. So when in the audience, like, oh my God, creepy. So fake. <laughs> they are insincere to the point of nausea, the audience. Alana goes for a drink with the magician. A very short drink, obviously. But, oh yeah, you know, I'll go to university of all these people and he's like if we had a little train crash it rid the world of a bunch of self-obsessed privileged assholes and she's like that's fucked up man and leaves she <laughs> and she goes to find fucking her friends and she's like oh my god we're gonna take some selfies <laughs> and this is like the fifth time since the start of the film she's been taking selfies it's and it does come back it is here for a purpose 
Yeah, it is. Yes, it is here yeah. for a purpose. Unbelievably here for a purpose. It is. Um, it was obnoxious to watch. Though. So obnoxious. Before the reveal, it was really obnoxious to watch. So, so obnoxious. Like, you could tell this is written by grown-ass men who do not know how people talk these days. What do the kids do nowadays? They take selfies. Uh, Mitchie tells Alana how great it is being polyamorous. Again, they're like, oh, kids these days are a lot more open, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that, that we'll write that in. Polyamorous? Yeah. Oh, it's cool with her. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, and then Mitchie says, Miss Polly took a molly. <laughs> she then goes to hit on two guys before, but they start making out together, <laughs> revealing that they're gay and she wanders off on her own. Did you notice how these two guys were dressed? Like the village people. Like the village of people. Course. She says, of course. And here comes the rest of the village people. Written by two grown men. <laughs> she tries to use... <laughs> the, <laughs> One's a cowboy, one's like a builder. They don't want to reference Groucho <laughs> much, but they'll reference the village they'll people. Reference the village people. Yeah, the kids will get that. Kids Everyone all, knows Wayne. The kids will love that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Eileen and uh, Gail Platt's fight in the street? It's a type of thing. It, That's the reference point. It's a type of thing. It's like a, a Disney Plus original version of Territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It, it really is. Or like a... a um, Oh, what's it called? Lifetime or uh, what's the Christmas Hallmark? You know? Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. It is kind of, it does feel, and let's be honest, a little cheap. Of course, it's so tacky. Yeah. That's why it's so entertaining. She tries to use the lot bathroom, uh, decides to use the other one. Sadie opens the lot bathroom and finds Jackson dead on the floor, stripped to just his t shirt and his underwear. And she's yeah. like, oh, Jackson, oh my God, playing a prank on me, are oh, yeah, you fool? What do you like? No, why are you thinking this? The bathroom door long. is locked. It is locked. Why the fuck would he sit there with the door locked for that long in a pool of blood to play a prank? Yeah. That's very elaborate. But she realises he's dead and she locks the door again and goes off to find Carney. Meantime, uh, the Prez tries flirting with Alana. Uh, he's like, oh, you're so great, Alana. You're a great ally. Yeah, you're really great. I was like, okay, I'm going to start flirting with you now. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, goes nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> it's not even clear what the president's sexuality is. He literally says to her, you're a great ally. Yeah, I didn't really get that. <laughs> he His thing is telling everyone he's the president yeah. of the fraternity and constantly bickering with Doc because Doc was the president and now... The press is the president. Yeah. Very exciting. Very interesting. The killer is now in the lizard costume uh, and finds Mitchie. She tries to get on with him, thinking uh, thinking he's Jackson. Actually, do you know what? I, I should probably um, use some neutral pronouns for this killer because who knows? It's 2022. Who knows what uh, oh, what gender the killer could yeah. be? Um, thinking they are Jackson. Uh Mitchie says, a lizard with a knife. Oh, kinky boy. <laughs> the killer then stabs her to death. Yeah, this one's a little more elaborate, the death scene, than the original yeah. film. The magician finds Alana and apologises to her. She's like, oh, it's okay, I forgive you. And the conversation ends. <laughs> is this where... He's holding the torch up to her. Yeah, is this where uh, Doc and Mo say... 
Uh, one of them, I can't remember which one. Do we have to pay this guy no, extra no. to fuck our ladies? No, that's later. That's Is that later? later? Sadie tries telling Carney about Jackson's corpse, but Carney's like, oh, no, it's just a prank. Uh, I don't want to go and investigate. It's a prank. Forget about it. Doc provides some exposition about how Kenny didn't pass his initiation and ended up in a psychiatric hospital. Don't fishies going on. Sadie tells Alana that someone left a dead body in the bathroom as a prank. And uh, <laughs> then Alana says, well, if we had reception, I'd, no, Sadie says, if we had reception, I'd have called the cops or an ambulance. Why has she gone back to believing it's a prank? Just because Carney said it was. She, she checked his pulse. She checked his pulse. He was she's, dead. She's fucking dumb. And if there's no reception, how has Alana, top influencer, been posting selfies all night? Has she been posting selfies or just taking selfies? Well, and who knows? Not who knows? Alana is fuming about this, so she ends the conversation quickly and gives Doc a telling off about it, thinking he did the prank. And he says, if I said half of the stuff to women and you said me, I'd be cancelled. Yeah. Yes. That's word of the year. Two men, two grown men in a room, wrote the words, I'd be cancelled, and, and left it in this film. It's a checklist, isn't it? It's 2022. It Selfie, cancelled. Ally. <laughs> um, yeah, at one point, um, he also tells uh, Alana that she looks like a non-binary pirate. Again, yeah. never one on the checklist. Yeah. Um, Mo's getting on with Pet. Yes, that's right, kids. 2022, and they've decided to keep this character's name as Pet. Pet. Right, Pet. But it might be, it might be short for something. It sounds like she's Northern. Pet says, whilst Alana's trying to get Mo's attention, what happens in the VIP stays in the VIP. <laughs> Not much. Happens, Not a lot. Though. Not a lot. Not like, soon enough, he's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. The killer approaches Alana, but Mo shows up just in time and walks away with her. This is when uh, we get the scene where the magician's... Uh, He's, he's getting all that attention. And uh, Doc's like, we had to pay this guy extra to fuck our ladies because it's about to go down. <laughs> it does go down because the magician walks over, makes a knife appear, makes it disappear, and then walks away again. Very good. <laughs> Love that part of West Side Story. Mo and Alana make out and talk shit. They hear screaming and think nothing of it. Sadie and Alana find Mitchie's corpse and realise the dead bodies aren't a prank after all. <gasps> It's time for another magic show. And he starts it by saying, Now, who's hungry for the dark stuff? Oh, me. Um, he now makes everyone touch him um, before he takes a little break and disappears. He's literally just took a break. <laughs> He's just come off a break. But what's the dark stuff? <laughs> like Disappearing. Disappearing. Uh, and then <laughs> fucking... Uh, Doc is like, I hope he's disappeared for good. Mo, in the meantime, has had his throat slit. He has. And the magician reappears. <gasps> One of the students, of course, like, oh, what a great prank. And takes a picture. Oh, my God, stop thinking this is constantly pranks. This guy has had his throat slit. He's clearly dying. Yeah. Sadie and Alana find Mo and Doc. Mo dies in front of them. 
and we're introduced to our first shot of the CGI train. That's right, they couldn't find footage, even stock footage, of a train going about today. Yeah. So you get a CGI train. This is it's awkward. It is very awkward. I don't like it. No? No, this isn't Panda Express. The press uh, shows up, decides to make everything all about himself. Uh, he decides this is the right moment to tell Doc about himself and how he won the press title fair and square. Meanwhile, there's a corpse on the fucking floor. Doc's like, oh, you see Moe's dying here. Um, but the press, of course, thinks it's a prank. Of course. Stop with the fucking prank bullshit. This is awful. <laughs> It it is it's wearing thin now because obviously it's it was used as a device in the first film. It it's a classic device, you know. Oh, don't believe your boy who cried wolf, mm -hmm. you know. But it goes on so long. But it goes on for so long. <laughs> it's like really repetitive. Carney stops the train, asks everyone to stick together and take off their masks, and does a head count to make sure no one's missing. Doc locks himself and Alana in a room together while Sadie goes for a stroll on her own with a flashlight and an axe for absolutely no reason no whatsoever. Reason. She's, she's like, fuck <laughs> this. I'm going for a stroll with an axe and a flashlight. Yeah. Alana and Doc come to the conclusion that the magician is the killer doing a revenge plot for the prank they pulled on Kenny. Alana finds Sadie and tells her that it's the magician. They, they make their mind up pretty fast that it's him. Mm. Like, there's no other options at all. It can't be anyone else. Yeah, they do throw accusations out pretty willy-nilly <laughs> yeah. in this film. Someone starts playing the Kenny prank video on multiple phones in the room where Doc is, uh, and the killer shows up and slits Doc's throat before decapitating him. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say this. It's a spoiler. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it. The older lady <laughs> who was revealed to be the murderer in this film... Do you think she had the technological prowess to put together all the videos? Of course she did. On the mobile phones to go off at yes. the same time. She's also got super strength. She can do right. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, she's, with all due respect, older, you know, maybe in her, you know, early 50s. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, when I don't think my mum would be able to do such... Don't underestimate the power of things. the camp grieving queen. <laughs> the Prez uh, is not happy because he's the Prez and should be taking control of the situation. It's true. He's it's not happy it's about true. it. It's true, he's the Prez. I'm pretty sure that's the last we see of him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's in the sequel, but okay. Oh, God. Of course he is. <laughs> Alana and Sadie let Carney know that the magician is the killer. Uh, they go to his room and find the lizard costume, but no magician. <gasps> they then, Alana and Sadie then find Doc's decapitated head with some awkward CGI. Oh, dope. And when you find that someone has been decapitated, someone here has got the strength to decapitate someone, what's the best thing to do? They split up. They split up. The killer now has the clown mask back on again and a black raincoat with a hood up. It, it genuinely looks like she's just made a quick, she's made a quick trip to uh, Primark and got a fucking black raincoat. The killer finds and starts chasing Alana, um, ripping Alana's earring out after strangling her, and uh, Alana locks herself in a cage, whilst the killer acts like a fucking fall outside the cage. Like, Woo! Just like fucking prancing around. It's not, it's not the same as the original, is it? It's like 
pulling fucking doing stupid things with her hands and everything. Yeah. What are you fucking doing? You look like a children's party clown. It's not quite <laughs> the same. Alana manages to knock the killer out and runs away in slow motion. Kenny shows up <gasps> in the same clothes as when he was committed to a psychiatric hospital, along with a new awful fucking haircut. It's not far removed from a bowl cut. It's very straight. The <laughs> hairline is very, very high. <laughs> it's, not high. it's not flattering. It's not flattering. It's not flattering. Um, they finally made him look how he should have looked at the start of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Started... I thought that he did. Oh, did he actually have a hook? Oh, okay. No, he had like I a thought proper. That's how he looked. No, he had just normal hair. Yeah, normal hair. He starts being creepy with Alana and starts reminiscing about the night of the prank. Alana says she regrets it, but then he says, until... which is a very good point. Then why are you still friends with these awful people? It's true. Yeah, it's true. She never actually uh, explains that. Kenny reveals he only wanted a kiss, uh, and so they have a kiss, and she bites him. And uh, he loses it. He does. And who saves the day? Fucking Wizardy Woo. He shows up. Wizardy Woo? Do you not remember the episode where we went on for ages about my childhood magician who showed up for oh, birthday yeah, Wizardy Woo. Woo. No, I don't remember every single second. <laughs> well, our regular listeners will appreciate that reference. Oh, yeah. Wizardy Woo himself, who's now a fan of the podcast, I assume, will appreciate that reference. The magician shows up with Sadie and shoots Kenny. <gasps> Kenny dies, and oh. the other three take a slow motion walk to the bathroom. They do. <laughs> yeah, but the magician like waits outside. Yeah, and then, like, he's going <laughs> to the bathroom. What's that? What they going for? A he, piss? Respect, he respects their privacy, and uh, Alana's like, "Yeah, it's all my fault. This happened." So he's like, "No, it's like, no, it is. It is all your fault." Can we get one film that isn't Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? Where somebody in a very stressful situation actually does need to use the loo. <laughs> like, I like to think if I was being chased, it would have been the most inconvenient time. You'd be like, oh my god, I need a piss. It's cinema. It's like, cinema. People don't go to the toilet. Apparently not. <laughs> unless it's, you know, for uh, dumb and dumber purposes. Well, yeah. Alana is all cleaned up. I don't know why Dumb and Dumb is. I know, yeah, there's many. Why is that the one I yeah, think? There of? are actually many films where people just go to the toilet. Toilet seat. It's actually it's quite normal. Like, I must um... use the loo. <laughs> well, what films? I can't think of a film where it's like, oh, excuse me, I must use the loo. Uh, almost famous. Who used the loo? Penny Lane has a piss. Oh, yeah. I guess she does, yeah. Um... Oh, wait. No, 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 no. No. Halloween 2018. <laughs> Oh, I must, I must <laughs> go number two immediately. <laughs> Almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. There you go. Uh, I, oh, I, I stand okay, Maybe corrected. more films have toilet scenes. I stand before. corrected. Yeah, it's very much a good point, though. I mean, I've, I've never seen anyone on the toilet in the MCU. Like, these people are going around fucking fighting crime, fighting villains all day for, like, three-hour films. <laughs> yeah, I and know. no one ever needs the toilet. <laughs> Like, no one ever needs to... I'm just thinking, if it ever happened to me in real life and I was being stalked through a train, I'd be guaranteed halfway through, but, oh, my God, I need a piss right now. I'm so anxious. My bladder's playing up. Well, we've, we've noticed a gigantic plot hole across Hollywood. Exactly. Alana is all cleaned up uh, and going through her many selfies, reminiscing. Reminiscing about the evening where her friends have been murdered. <laughs> Uh, and she realises the person in the bunny costume was there the whole fucking time. And it's not subtle. I spotted the bunny costume and thought, oh, 
So that was just a fake someone, out at the beginning? Yeah, someone's in a bunny costume. Okay. I shit you not. Two men in a room sat down and wrote this. Kenny. The director thought this was okay and shot this. Kenny is in the bunny costume. We noticed because there's a photo where he lifts the fucking mask up while she's taking a selfie. He's like, hey, it's me, Kenny. Whoa. Seriously, looking all goofy in the background. Yeah. He, t- he removes the mask completely and has a fucking boogie with people. He starts dancing with people. She took a selfie and he was stood right there behind her, revealing his face. And she didn't realize. I don't. This is our it. final girl. This is our heroine. Well, no, I mean, there's two final girls, but this is our main one. This is the one that. This is the Jamie Lee Curtis of this film. And she was that stupid. To not realise that. But this is your twist. You've got to... When you're taking a selfie, you've got to look at your phone. She would have seen his face. But, like, taking a selfie, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, I don't think any respecting... Anyone, really, who is eventually going to post these on social media (laughs) wouldn't check the photo straight away afterwards and, and, like, have a look at the photo. Yeah. Like, and the guy's face is very close to hers. Yeah. With this rabbit costume. <laughs> and it's also shown that he just took the rabbit head off. Yeah. And started dancing. He's not even trying to hide. He's not even trying to hide. he's not even trying to hide. So this twist is so fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like really absolutely ridiculous. And you could have written this another way. Yeah. You could have just had part of the rabbit costume was with, you know, Kenny when he died. Yeah. And then she's like, that's the rabbit. Oh, I saw yeah. him. And went through and saw uh-huh. who was there. And that was Kenny. Yeah, he got rid of the rabbit costume. It was a got big costume. Where, costume. Where the fuck did he put Where it? Where has it gone? <laughs> and also, with the review, why is he even there? I love that they got rid of the rabbit costume. And they had to have him in the exact same clothes as the start of the film. Because everyone forgot who he was. <laughs> oh, Alana grabs her axe and marches to find a musician. Because she's convinced that... Musician. The magician. Magician. I was just looking at my guitar and that just came out for some reason. Magician. Because she's convinced he's the killer. They find him very dead. Very (laughs) So we think. So they go to tell Carney. And Sadie says, I think he's dead. The magician. (laughs) You think he's dead? He might be. Might not be. Carney sends Sadie away to go and get the gun. he's not actually dead. No, he's not actually he's dead. He's not actually no. dead. She sends, she sends <laughs> her away. he the most dead of anyone in yeah. the film. She, she sent her away to go and get a gun. So it's just Carney and Alana. And all of her notifications start coming through on her phone. Oh, She has signal. signal in the room where Carney's been hiding out. Oh. Also the room where she was locked in a cage. And she had a phone with her at that time. So why the fuck did her notifications not come up then? That's the same room. They're sat next to the cage. You do realise it's a train? Yes. So that room didn't have... Didn't, didn't, wouldn't have had signal? Yeah. But they're making it look like because she's there, there's some sort of signal jammer. No. No? Is that not what no. they're going for? Oh, no. okay. I thought I thought the film was that fucking... I thought it was going to go there. She I just thought... happened to be in that room when the signal oh. came back. I thought... It, that she had some sort of signal jammer and she turned it off in no, that room. No, Tra- okay. train, trains move. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. aware. I, it was impossible to get a signal on train. But yeah, I'm sorry. Did you think I was using logic with this <laughs> film? Speaking of logic, it's um, okay. 
Speaking of logic, <laughs> it's revealed that Carney is indeed the killer. Ugh. She grabs on to Alana's hands. She will not let go. And she's like, yes, selfish, spoiled little whore. <laughs> and it's revealed she's Kenny's mother. Kenny's mother. And she is here for revenge, Pamela Voorhees style. And I mean Pamela Voorhees style. She is giving Betsy Palmer, she's channeling yeah. the ghost of Betsy Palmer yeah. for this role. She has watched Friday the 13th yeah. and said, I'm doing that. That's the one. We get a flashback to her in the hospital with Kenny. He's like, okay, now you tell me, son, who did this to you? And he's like, yeah, so it was uh, dark and it was this one. And uh, this pretty girl, Alana. <laughs> did he just say pretty girl, Alana? <laughs> And then she's like, hey, and, I, girl. and I killed that trashy magician because of what he did to my Kenny. Carney promises... Circle gets the square. <laughs> Carney promises to make Alana suffer and start stabbing and screaming in her face. She, at this point, she is full Pam Voorhees. She is full yeah. Pam Voorhees. But she doesn't actually spank her with a... Uh... No. With a paddle like Pamela. <laughs> Pamela Voorhees should have joined the fraternity. No. <laughs> she should have. She should have, yes. Yeah. Um, she's given us high camp and it's camp. everything I want it from is. this character. She just she is not stopping. Uh, and she's just and constant but at the same time she's like, ah, that's just for my son. That's just for my son. you know what you did to my son. Oh, you're paid for what you did to my son. And she's constantly reminding us why she's doing it. It's like, yeah, we know, it's yeah, okay. We, we get it. <laughs> And then she says, nothing can stop me. And Alana. I don't know what voice was that? Alana immediately stops her after she says this by stabbing her in the fucking vagina and then stabbing her stomach before pushing her out of the train's back door and shouting, die you psycho. And, okay. It does look like she stabs her in the vagina. It really does look a like... A direct reference know. to Pamela Voorhees getting kicked in the vagina. In the vagina. In... And she's thrown out the back of the, the track and she slams on the tracks like a sack of spuds. Yeah. She, she's like, it's all CGI, obviously. And she's like, boom! <laughs> <laughs> definitely dead. There's no way she could survive that, of course. Right. The, you know, the writers wouldn't be dumb enough to write that in, would they? Right. Now, everyone's off the train, and it's revealed the magician is alive and receiving medical attention. I feel like they're like, oh, he's going to be a fan favourite. Yeah, we need to keep him alive. Yeah, he's the most famous person in the film. Um, yeah, if we could get into say yes to the film. We're doing a sequel. Or we've, we've already... Uh, he's already contracted to do two films. He, he'll be a good opening scene kill in the next one. Yeah. Uh, and then oh God, the yeah. camera starts going along the train track. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, Carney's dead. It can't be her coming back, can it? No. Uh, we see Carney's corpse. And, oh, okay. Just one last look at the Queen before the film ends. She opens her fucking eyes. Yes. This bitch is still alive. Still alive. End credits. They want us to believe after a stab to the vagina and a stab to the stomach and literally face planting a railway track, she is still alive and ready to kill again for the sequel. Hopefully. It has to be. There's no other option. And I, for one, will be watching it as soon as it's available because this was so much fun. But not in a good way. It is awful. Like, that's just, it is awful. It's, yeah, it's 
a, pretty much a scene for scene remake. Yeah. You know, it's doesn't, you know, go straight far, too far from the original, apart from the ending. Um, it is, it's crap. It is crap. <laughs> it is. And there are some real dull moments. But it is entertain. I was entertained through a lot of it. I wouldn't say most of it. I don't know. I was, I was never entertained. Bored. There would there was a few lulls for me. I needed to see where it was going next and how much more ridiculous it could get because it it really is ridiculous that two grown men in twenty twenty two sat down and wrote most of the stuff that happens in this film. Let's get to the uh, comparisons. We've got cinematography, scares, kills, and soundtrack. 1980. The cinematography is very good, and I'm actually really impressed by the way they did it. They actually rewired the train that it was filmed on to dull the lights a little more. Oh, that. really? Yeah, like, they, they went to a lot of effort. And, it, you know, it's very atmospheric. There are some really creepy shots in there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I did like the way it looked. I like the kind of... It's very similar to, to Prom Night and to... Um, what's that really great slasher film? The Prowler. The Prowler. Mm. Yeah, and uh, whatchamacallit, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. I like yeah, yeah, that yeah. look. I like that kind of um, Drag Race Season 1 filter yeah, yeah. look. I really like that for slasher films. Um, so I, I love... Yeah, and I, I like... I liked the... Um, Scenery outside as well. Yeah. I thought, I actually thought it was quite a beautiful moment at the end with Kenny's body falling from yeah, the train. Yeah, yeah. With the snow and, yeah. and the water. And it was actually quite a, a nice shot. Yeah, you could tell they put effort into it. Yeah. Um, which can't be said about the fucking remake. The cinematography is so boring in the remake, it's unbelievable. It is just, again, it looks like a fucking Lifetime movie. It looks like a Disney Plus original teen drama. It, it. Do you know what it was giving me? What's that awful? Was it Snakes on a Train? <laughs> snakes on a Train. Why was it? Okay, I wouldn't say it's that bad. Fuck it out. I mean, because it's a similar premise, but it was, it was. I don't know. I was getting Snakes on a Train. The kills in the original are fine, but it's just them, just not as good as other slasher films from that era. Yeah, it, very dry. Uh, I suppose if you're going for the Halloween method, it, maybe that's what they were yeah, going yeah, for. Yeah. But it didn't quite work because it, the tension wasn't there. It wasn't something else. So it would just it was like, oh, I was kind of hoping for a more explicit kill there. Yeah, whereas the remake actually provides that. Although some of it looks shit with the CGI it still goes a little more out there with the kills. Like, where they cut away in the original, they go on a little longer here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps. I think particularly with slasher films, it does help to have those over-the-top kills. It makes them more memorable. Yeah. And with the original, though, I think that because there were other elements that made it memorable, I can forgive it. Yeah. But... Your basic slasher film, you're going to have to have some good kills. Yeah. Um, I think the different uh, costume ideas work better in the original as well. Cause I feel the go the Groucho Marx costume is really, really creepy. creepy. Um, the lizard costume, I can forgive it in the 80s because it's camp. You know, that, that works. Um, 
it, the, the remake is just so unnecessary. Get it. It's so tacky and unnecessary in the remake. Just, just seriously, get some new costumes. You yeah, I just, one back. I, I do wish they would have updated the costumes. I, I do wish that because they could have done that. Yeah, the soundtrack in the original, the score's very good, but the songs by the band Crime uh, are even better. <laughs> Kind of. They don't go on for very long. They go on for about as long as the conversations in the remake. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, give me any random band giving songs to a slasher uh, fan. Yeah. It's not quite Prom Night, though. Prom Night was better soundtrack-wise. Yes. Yeah. But in this instance, in this comparison, it's a lot better than the remake. Yes. Because the soundtrack is so overbearing in the film. You can't miss it. You, you definitely can't miss it. But he relies so heavily on it to tell us it's a horror film. It's like, we know. We it know. is a little out of place. <laughs> it, 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 it is so generic. Times. It, very, it is very generic. Let's be fair. Um, so with that being said, the winners are every, everything to the original apart from Kills. Apart I think the, kills. the remake deserves that. That's true. On to the characters, we have Alana, 1980, Jamie Lee Curtis, and 2022, Robin Alomar, Jamie Lee Curtis. Next, Khan, uh, Kani, no, seriously, no, come on. I think she, I, did, I did think she did a good job in, in the, the remake. Do I, you? It, not apart from when she's crying. When she's crying, <laughs> But I thought I thought she did an all right job. I didn't I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think the acting overall was the worst <laughs> in either films. Does this include Doc? This includes Doc. Are you fucking serious? And David Copperfield is by far the worst actor of both films. Let's <laughs> let's let's that's agree true. on that's that. True. Let's that's agree true. on that's that. That's true. Yeah, Robin Alomar is fine when she's not crying. I I don't know what Her she's crying trying to go made for. me laugh. It is so weird. But I did. I I thought she. I I think she had a, a charisma about her. I'd like to see her maybe in another role. Well, you will. In it's another, cool. No, Terror Train not Two. The same fucking role. A different role where maybe she could do something a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she gets more of the energy when she's marching with the axe. Hopefully she gets more of that in the sequel. Yeah. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis is an icon. She's a screen queen. She, the, she's the screen queen, the original. You know, she really. Well, she's she's daughter of the OG screen queen, and then many people just know her as the original one now. Yeah, you know, and she delivers a performance here that's just as good as any of her people performance. don't watch black and white films. Well, yeah, <sighs> but she delivers such a strong performance here. You know, she always gives it all, no matter what she's in, and I love her. And there's no way she couldn't win. Yeah, she is perfect at conveying terror. She's the best scream, I think, ever. Yeah, in cinema. Um, yeah, so perfect. Yeah, a ahead of her Oscars win, she also gets a horror court trash over award. There we go. <laughs> Carney, um, played by Ben Johnson in 1980, and Mary Walsh in 2022. Now, Ben Johnson, we all know he's an Oscar winner. He did a good job. He's, he's good. He's an ally. He's an ally. Um, you know. I think Mary Walsh is also an ally, being on the uh, first... I Mary Walsh may be queer herself. I think Mary Walsh may be queer herself, actually, yes. But uh, an, an ally to uh, the gay men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, she was on Drag Race. Yeah. Well, let's face it, as, as good as Ben Johnson is, he's no match for Mary Walsh. No. Mary Walsh is um, is a lesbian, by the way, just to confirm. Oh, okay. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Good. Um, 
Yeah, and that's and that's not just why she's winning, not because she's one of us, um, but uh, she just does not give a shit how much she gives to this role. Like, it is so over the top, and she does not stop. Once, I mean, it's a shame that it's only in the last ten minutes that we get this, but it makes up for it. Yeah, like, Ma- she is fucking going off. Mary Walsh is a comedian, and and known to be a comedian, mm-hmm. so she knew what she had to do. Yeah, she knew that she had to give camp. Yeah, she knew. I and I, I swear, she was channeling Betsy Palmer. She was. She absolutely watched she, the first. She scene. definitely. She was like, "This is what I'm going for." I know, you know, the Betsy, wide Betsy, smile, the eyes are popping. Betsy Palmer's soul has yeah. entered my soul. Yeah, and this is it. This is the moment because she was so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so the award does go to Mary Walsh. <laughs> We have Doc, um, in 1980, played by Hart Buckner, and in 2022, played by Matthias Garrido. Oh, next. Okay, well, he's still the, I mean, he's still a main character. Oh, still yeah. Compare. Well, it's just douche, isn't it? Douche. It is douche. I felt like the original one tried, didn't try enough to be menacing, to be a red herring. Um, I I felt like he was perhaps too believe too believable as a nice guy to be. Was he a dick? Was he meant to be? No, he wasn't a nice guy. He's, no, he's meant to be a yeah. I know, but he that's what I'm saying. He struggled to convey that though. I found like I I kept forgetting that he was meant to be a red herring. I don't think he was ever meant to be a red herring. I don't know. Mo was meant to be the red herring. Well, I mean, either way, we're not meant to like him, but no. I I you know I didn't think he was that unlikable in the original. Whereas that says more about you, honey. Well, in the remake, Matthias Garrido, he tries far too hard to look suspicious throughout. Yeah, like he he is constantly like, I am gonna look like a fucking bad guy. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna make you fucking hate me. But that's the point. Yeah, he's a douchebag. You want to see him decapitated? It's true. He's a dickhead. It's true. You have to have one of those characters in each slasher film. Yeah. Where you're sort of rooting for the, for the killer. In 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 the sort yeah, of yeah, cheap, yeah. No, absolutely. In I, the sort of ridiculous... Yeah. Because obviously in Halloween there isn't a character where we're rooting to get killed, are we? No. Bob? Maybe? No, no, not Bob, at all. Bob's a bit annoying. Okay, let, let's just be honest here. The, the, one in, <laughs> the one in 1980 is better looking than the one in 2022. There so we go. Bit of bias there. <laughs> wow! They're both very handsome men, though. We can agree uh, with that. Both yeah. very handsome men. Yeah, depending on your type. They're, um, no, well, they're both kind of, and, you know, uh, forgive me, because they're probably not in real life, but they have that douchey look that yeah. works for the role. Do you think the one in nineteen eighty had that look? Yes. Okay. Uh, who would he made to? a career of playing douchey. Did he? Who, what else was he in? Oh, he was, he was also douchey in another film. Oh, help me out here, Gary. Well, I can't, because I've asked you the question. This is very... Oh, what was he in? <laughs> Hart Brockner. Contemplate. Hart Brockner. Yes. Yeah. The the well-known actor, Hart Brockner. Well, he is. I swear, we've seen him in stuff. Canadian actor, Hart Brockner. We've seen him in stuff. Who is uh, the star of such films as Breaking Away. Okay. Rich and Famous, Die Hard. He was douchey and Die Hard. Oh, is that him? He Die Hard. Oh, oh, okay. He was the one after Bruce Willis's wife. 
Wow, I did not recognise him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks completely different. It's annoying. I, I, I've just wasted so much time trying to remember that. Is that. Ridiculous. But yeah, die hard. You yeah. never know that's him. Well, yeah. I take back what I said previously. Anyway, um, who are we giving it to? Let's give it to the original. Okay. Oh, we can't. We not just call it a draw. We give it a tie. It's a tie. A tie. And finally, we have the magician. Uh, played by David yeah, Copperfield. What about in... the other characters? Oh, there's far too many. There are far too These many. These are just the main characters. Magician, 1980, uh, David Copperfield, of course, and 2022, Tim Rozon. Now, this is a difficult one. It's not a fucking difficult one. <laughs> David Copperfield is camp as tits for every second of his screen time. He can't act, and he is so much fun to watch. Tim Rosen, now do you know he's not far off because he's also camp. Yeah. Um, but also again, he's trying so hard to look suspicious. Um, yeah. But to be honest, you know, if this had been anyone else other than David Copperfield, Tim Rosen would have won it. But it's David fucking Copperfield. It's David Copperfield. David Copperfield in an 80s slasher film. You know how can he not win? It's true. It's That's true. camp. It is. It is just his existence in this film is camp. Uh, now we're on to our final section, which is our awards for yeah. both. Um, so if you're not familiar, the awards will go to one of the films from our usual awards section. Yes. Biggest Queen. Of course, it is Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Alana. Lee Curtis. Yes. No, no competition. Biggest Gasp. I actually have the Dead Magician and Drag Reveal. Yeah, I judging from the, when I first watched yeah, it. Yeah, from when I first watched it. Yeah, Kenny's Kenny's big reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was gasp worthy. To be fair, uh, was that yours? Yes. Yeah. 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 Best dialogue. I have a tie. Oh, I have. Sucks to you, Jamie Lee Curtis, after blowing a party horn. <laughs> and of course, oh honey, the night is young. I'm dumb and full of cum, Ed. <laughs> What's yours? Mine is, I'm a doctor, goddammit. <laughs> Before proceeding to do absolutely nothing. And that's camp, I just have David Copperfield. Oh, and that's camp, I've just got Mary Walsh channeling <laughs> Betsy Palmer. <laughs> and the winner is, of course, the original. The original. Because as fun as the remake is to watch, come on. Of course, it's the original. Yeah, it's the original. Well, the original's actually a good film. Yeah. Uh, what ratings uh, have you got for both? So, for the original, I've got seven wooden magicians out of ten. And for 2022, I've got three inconspicuous rabbit costume potential <laughs> killer selfie photo bombs out of ten. For the original, I have... Eight unknown extras called Jamie Lee Curtis out of ten. <laughs> yeah. And for the remake, I have two cock tails out of ten. <laughs> two? No, actually no. I was way harsher Actually, um, I'm not going to lie. I forgot to change that. Let me try it again. After the Mary Walsh reveal, and after yes. Nothing Can Stop Me... And after the writers having the balls to bring her back to life, yeah. I give the film four cock <laughs> tails out of ten. Four cock tails. Can't go. wait for the sequel. Where to find both films? Now, 1980, you can get it on Shudder, Prime, Video On Demand and Blu-ray. And 2022 is just on that random Tubi thing that's out there Tubi, somewhere. Tubi, yeah, Tubi original. 
If you enjoyed... Yeah, we know Tubi. Yeah, sure. If you enjoyed the original, then watch Prom Night. I wholeheartedly agree. It's... Yeah, I don't think there's any other choice. If you like the original, watch Prom Night. And if you enjoyed the remake, then watch the Gossip Girl reboot. And if you enjoyed the remake, watch Prom Night. (laughs) Remake. Oh, God, no! (laughs) Oh, fuck, no way! Absolutely not. That was awful. Was <laughs> half a star. And what was this? Like, really? Two stars. <laughs> Two stars. Out of five. Four out of ten. <laughs> and that's Terror Train uh, and Terror Train. Just watch both. You'll have a blast. Just watch both. Yeah. New Year's Eve double bill. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if you like camp. No, watch, watch the original for watch New the original Year's. First. And then for Halloween next yeah. year, watch the It's re- what we'll be doing every year now. <laughs> no, we fucking won't. On to our best and worst of the month. Final one of the year. Oh, I yeah. believe we may have similar options. Um, option Choices, should I say. Considering we haven't really watched a lot this month. We haven't, actually. Isn't that It was a busy start to the month. We made up for it the last few days, though. Just in case, just in case anyone actually gives a shit. I was like, "Oh, really concerned. Why haven't they been watching much films?" I know. Oh, yeah. That's oh no. Quite <laughs> uh, best of the month for me is Glass Onion. Yes, I completely agree. Really enjoyed Glass Onion. Completely out of nowhere because I mean, we weren't the biggest fans of Knives Out, and this just blew me away. Like this is, I'd say this is Ryan Johnson's best film um, from what I've seen, and I'm pretty sure I've seen nearly all of his films. Um, but it is just played out so well, really unpredictable, fantastic cast. Janelle Monet is amazing, and I hope they get an Oscar for it. Um, Daniel Craig's fantastic. It, yeah, it's just really just a, a flawless murder mystery, and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, it was it was just so much fun, and it was... I don't know why we struggled so much with Knives Out. Mm. Maybe I was expecting something different. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it needs a rewatch, because yeah. it can't be that far removed from Glass Onion. And I thought Glass Onion was fantastic. I thought it was so much fun. It silly, stupid, but in a really yeah, fun way, yeah. but also very clever at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, I loved the ensemble cast. I thought they were really well mm-hmm. uh, casted. And Jean- Janelle Monet, yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely perfection. Um, the same can be said for our worst of the month. I'd be very surprised if this isn't yours, because we've only watched one bad new release this month. Mm. It is, of course, Fallen for Christmas. Yeah, and it's a real shame, um, because it, it's... I really want the best for um, Lindsay Lohan. But I was. It, it was a shit film. It, it was, was so it bad. Was, it was. It wasn't. It fun. wasn't so bad. It, it, it wasn't it was fun. It, 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 it should have been fun, or at least should have been so bad it was good. But yeah. It's just basic, and there's nothing to it. Like if you're gonna be Lindsay Lohan's big comeback film, don't just be a generic Hallmark style film thrown to Netflix. Like, yeah. So it's better than that. It's kind of. But I suppose it's you a know everything is gonna happen. You've seen it all before. Um, you know, we we enjoy watching the Hallmark Christmas films because they're usually easy to laugh at. This wasn't even easy to laugh at. It was just fucking boring. It was it was it was dull. The it best scene in dull. the film, and I'll spoil it for you now, so you don't have to watch it. The best scene in the film involves um, the the love interest's mother receiving a Christmas present. You see her opening it, cuts away, 
cuts back again. She's still opening it. And it's a book. And she says, I love my book. And that's it. That's the funniest that scene in the fun- film. That was funny. No one knows what the book is. <laughs> and she loves it. Also, our honourable mentions, uh, which includes some older films that we've watched for the first time. Uh, the Boxer's Omen, which was... Oh, like, what a load of fun that was. Yeah, yeah, that was a masterpiece. Very, very weird, but wonderful. Yeah. The, it, the, the kind of weird film that can only come out of sort of um, that time period. And from Asian cinema, let's be honest. Asian cinema, yeah. but from, from that sort of time period. Because yeah. no one these days makes films that like shit that. crazy. Yeah. Um, Something Wild, which immediately became a favourite of mine and almost feels like a film I could watch whenever to cheer myself up from a first time watch as well, which is, is rare. Yeah, no, I'd previously seen it, but yeah, fantastic. It was uh, great to see again. Christmas Bloody Christmas was a lot of fun uh, on Shudder. I actually prefer that to a film that I haven't got in my honourable mention because it didn't quite reach an eight. Oh. Um, yeah. Violet Night, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas is better. It's it's uh, a really fun, you know, if you ignore the opening 20 minutes, the rest of the film is so much fun. Uh, it's like Terminator, but Christmas. Yeah, it, it was it was good. It was good. It was fun. It was stupid fun. What wasn't fun, but also deserves a mention, is Speak No Evil. That was downbeat and disturbing and just really stressful to watch, but absolutely deserves a mention. Yeah. Transformers the movie, I watched for the first time. That was great. I mean, you know, lots of <laughs> camp, campness and heavy metal soundtrack. 2080s, what more could you ask for? Dazed and Confused, which was brilliant. Love Dazed and Confused. Yeah, re- really, really enjoyed that. It's a shame that we'd taken so long to watch it. I say that, but it's not like we never watch any films. Well, it's yeah. just that it just wasn't top of the list. The Girl Most Likely to. Now, everyone's about... favourite slasher film was Stuck Out Channing. Talking about camp, you know, written by Joan Rivers, and like Gary said, pretty much a slasher film <laughs> starring yeah. Stuck Out Channing as a, girl, a bullied girl yeah. who suddenly becomes beautiful after a car accident. Uh-huh. Just fucking stupid and so, so good. I loved that film. I watched Misery for the first time at Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> did watch Misery for yes, the first time. It took me a long time. time and that, yes. What's, what's this lived podcast up, called? Lived up to the hype. What's this podcast called? It lived up to the hype, as did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Very much in the same vein as Something Wild, a film that just immediately felt like a favourite of mine that I could watch any time. And finally, Grey Gardens. Great Gardens. Which is, again, campus tits. Yeah, there's a few films that I showed you mm-hmm. out of those. And uh, obviously becoming firm favourites, because I've got... Immaculate taste. Obviously. Um, Great Gardens is, yeah. Yeah. All all the films you've mentioned are fantastic. Do you have any additional? I watched From Dusk Till Dawn for the first time. That was all right. That was good. That was nice. I watched... (laughs) I watched Almost Famous for the first time, and that was fucking fantastic. Loved that film. Uh, again, that's that's one for me that I'm a little ashamed I hadn't seen before. It's not um, quite misery, is it? So. <laughs> no, it's not quite misery. Not when it's horror called trash of a podcast and you're admitting to only watching misery for the first time. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't think of any others really. 
No. Oh, Angel. That was a fun film. That was alright. Yeah, it was alright. Don't watch too many films. Um, this. Yeah, no. we're too busy celebrating Christmas yeah. and eating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's and drinking uh, as well. Terrible, isn't it? That is this month's original versus remake. Uh, let us know some of your favorite cinemas. Let us know what you think of Terror Train. If you love the original or the remake, we're Horror Culture Shiver on Facebook and Instagram. Horrible trash on Twitter. Actually, no, we know you don't love the remakes. No one voted for it at all. Yeah, tell us your favourite train-based <laughs> film. I'd like to Train know. to Busan, obviously. Train to Busan, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, what's that? Night Train to Terror, was Night it? Night Train Murders. Night Train Murders, that's the one. Um, yeah, there's loads of train-based mm. films. Let us know your favourite. Give us a rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, like and follow on everything else. Uh, I'm Derek Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruz92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Letterboxd, Letterboxd and Instagram. Yeah, and end of year. I mean, we've just released our end of the year episode, like yesterday. But this is our official last episode of 2022. Thank you again for all the support. And we are very excited to say this Tuesday, we're kicking off our first ever on the podcast, Japanuary. An entire month dedicated to Japanese cinema and Friday the 13th film thrown in there. Because, because that's <laughs> yeah, the way the dates fall this yeah. year. <laughs> a little bit Just a little bonus but, episode you know, in there. Yeah. yeah, little bonus one. Um, yeah, um, I'm sure you've heard us say many times how much we love Japanese cinema. Um, I think in terms of quality, there's nothing like Japanese cinema. Sure. Like, really, when you look at the percentages of what we've watched. Mm -hmm. Oh, so many five-star classics. And I can't wait to discuss some on the podcast. Yeah. Because we've really not done many. No. And we need to no. fix that. And we are starting on Tuesday, one of the great songs ever made. We're talking about House. House, And yes. next month, for Original versus Remake, we will be discussing The Fucking Ring. Yeah, The Fucking Ring. Ringu, the fucking Ringu, Ringu, and the remake, the top, so I'm told, top tier remake with Naomi Watts, The Ring. Have you not watched the remake? I've not watched. You I've haven't not watched, watched it. The We've not watched it. We didn't watch it for the first time for the podcast. Um, but we've heard so many good things about it. So I feel like that's going to be a, a tough one. It could be. It could be. We we stand Naomi Watts in yeah. this house. But yeah, we'll be back, same time, same place, on Tuesday. See ya. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.